Welcome to the Merge Feast, the podcast where we satisfy your cravings for all things Survivor. We're your hosts, Sam and Mags, and this is a recap for Season 45, Episode 11. Episode 11 has been chaos. (laughs) We are in a state of chaos. It's anarchy at the moment. What were your thoughts on the episode? You know, I really liked it. It's hard for me to like an episode when I hate the outcome so much, though, Mm -hmm. not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Again, we're in a state of mourning mm-hmm. for the podcast, but we will push through. We get our previously on Survivor. It basically goes over the Austin Julie Idol handoff again. Yep. Again for the second time in a row. Mm-hmm. And then we get Bruce, of course, not playing his idol and going home. Last tribal. It shows, obviously, Emily is the mastermind of that plan. The way she subtly manipulates him into thinking he's safe, doesn't play his idol, he goes home. And that's pretty much it. It's a pretty simple previously on Survivor recap. Did I miss anything? As soon as it showed the idol exchange again between Austin and Julie, it solidified in my mind, this is coming up. Mm -hmm. I had the hypothesis, it was reinforced last week, and this just was the nail in the coffin. I knew it was coming up today. 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 Well, you were right does come up today. We'll get into it. We start with the after the vote, night of tribal. What a celebration this was. Yeah. And isn't that kind of interesting? I haven't seen like a true celebration like that in a while. Everybody did, was. Did they hate Bruce? Psyched. Really? Like truly that much? I'm genuinely asking. Uh, yeah. That's not new. Everybody's well, hated Bruce the whole time. But truly hated him? Well, I don't know if they hated him, but they didn't like living with him. Wow. I mean, I definitely picked up the vibe that people were annoyed with him here and there, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know like that it was enough for them to like come back <laughs> home and be like throwing a party. Yeah, seriously. They were like shooting off fireworks uh-huh. and they're, you know, it's like 2 a.m. They're like, well, who's up? I'm up. Yeah. Let's let's do something. Let's <laughs> hang out. I'm not going to bed. When they're all sitting around and talking about how it was crazy that Bruce didn't play his idol. And they're like, that's crazy. Like, I just can't believe that he didn't play his idol. Mm -hmm. Emily's like, well, I I can actually shed some light on that. And I'm just screaming at my TV. Like, no, you will not shed light on that. Please do not shed light on that. And she does. She exposes her game. This has happened a few times. The biggest one that comes to my mind would be Michaela on Millennials versus Gen X. As soon as you expose a little bit of genius in this Mm -hmm. game, it clicks and you're competitors. And all of a sudden they see you as a real player. And then you're the the next person to go. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's probably hard whenever you pulled off this huge move to not want to celebrate it right then and there. But it's just like Bruce last week, like feeling excited that he pulled that lie off and then instantly wanted to just get the reward of pulling off a lie to mm-hmm. Katura. It's like Emily did this great move and then she just couldn't hold it and instantly wanted to be like, look what I did. Yeah, she showed it off just a little too early. That's a, that's a final tribal council nugget mm-hmm. that you wait and share. Exactly. What um, did you think about Katura? To me, she seemed like a completely different person. <laughs> like she just had this, Bruce was like a rain cloud over her head uh-huh. the entire season and just followed her around. And now with Bruce gone, she's like. She's shining. Yeah, it's it's bright as midday. <laughs> she's got a little extra spring in her step. She's, I thought Katura was great. This this episode, this whole episode, honestly. Yep, good episode for Katura. The Reba Four are laying on the beach. 
together looking at the stars, just marveling to each other how bad the other players are. Drew just <laughs> openly says, man, I thought for sure they wouldn't let us get down to seven. Uh-huh. Like nobody has opposed us. Drew's like, wow, I thought we we're playing against people with brains. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're all just laying there like, yeah. Like, we just pretty much have run the game, haven't we? Like, uh-huh. Nobody even put up a fight. Honestly. It's uh, it's great. Julie and Drew go back to bed. Let me paint you a picture. Okay. You are laying on the extremely soft and fine sand of Fiji. Mm-hmm. Waves are quietly crashing a few feet below your feet. Mm-hmm. It's the most calming sound you've ever heard. Above you, spectacular stars. So clear you can see the Milky Way. Stars like you've never seen before in your life. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you're with, but in that moment, you two are having a moment. <laughs> it could have been Katura and Bruce. This was a romantic moment between anybody who's there. This is like vibey, feelsy. I just don't care who you are, whoever you're with. Mm-hmm. You're like, do I like them? Do I love them? Yeah. There's, everybody goes back except for Austin and D, And this is their moment. The moment. The th- that moment. That you have been waiting for, I know. They're sitting there talking and he asks D. What do you think most about? And she giggles and says this. And I just, I want to spend an hour talking about that. What does that mean? <laughs> what does she mean this? Does she mean like this? She had no hand gestures. Was she just saying like, I'm thinking about this, the game? Or was she meaning like, I'm thinking about this, this connection between me and you? What did she mean? When you started that whole thing, talking about the sands of Fiji, I thought for sure you were going to roast Julie and Drew for getting up off the sand to go lay on that lumpy bamboo. <laughs> Honestly, that's a great point, too. Well, it's still, I mean, obviously, I've never lived out there, so maybe there's like crazy bugs or something, but why would you ever sleep anywhere, you know, on that bamboo rather than the sand? But you know what? The more I think about it, I've been, you know, like laying on the beach before and you're like tanning and you like lay a towel down on it. Mm -hmm. And in theory, you think this is going to be really comfortable, but then like the sand is like lumpy in some places. So you think I'm just going to like flatten the sand out, but it's way harder than you'd think. To flatten the sand out. Yeah, it's nice for a short period of time, but I wonder if in a long burst, it's just not supportive enough for your lower back. A long burst. (laughs) (laughs) A long period of time, some might say. Austin's beaten around the bush. He doesn't want to outright say, I want to marry you and bear children together. (laughs) So instead he says, I love Robin Amber season, don't you? (laughs) That was cool what they did. That was pretty cool. <laughs> he says, man, it would be nice. <laughs> Maybe do something like that with someone from this season. I don't know. Maybe I would. It's hilarious because he says, I came on to this and I said to a few people, like, I wonder if I'll find my Amber. And she dies laughing. She says, there's no way because when I came out here and I'm just waiting for her to say, I was saying people. I'm going to find my boss and Rob. <laughs> but instead she says, that's so funny because I was out here saying no showmances. <laughs> In no theory, showmance. shooting Austin down, but mm-hmm. the vibe, it wasn't giving that. Yeah, no, she was saying this love is forbidden. Exactly. That's what she was saying. Uh-huh. I don't know though. At the end of this conversation, it almost felt like he's way more into her than she is into him. You think so? It's hard to tell, but 
maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Maybe she's just better at kind of containing her emotions. Yeah, I get the feeling that they're both into each other at this point. Well, I think she's into him, but I think Austin kind of says, yeah, I'm going to visit her first thing after this. I'm going to freaking give her a key to my apartment. We're moving in together (laughs) type stuff. And Dee was like, yeah, I said no showmances, but I figured I can have a little fun. Like, Dee, if this is just a fling to you, we will never forgive you. I swear, if you hurt that man. If you hurt Austin. (laughs) Okay, I know we've been saying how much we love the editing of this season and this montage that we get of Boston, Rob, and Amber just only proves that point more. Although I will say the montage could have been longer, in my opinion. I, I love Boston, Rob, and Amber's story. But just a little breakdown on the montage we get. It shows Rob and Amber on their first season, linking arms, walking on the beach, sharing rice. We hear a quote from Rob during the first season in reference to Amber. It would be nice to have a million dollars and take the girl away too. And finally, it shows Rob posing to Amber at the after show in Madison Square Garden. And she says, yes, engaged, married, and multiple kids now. What a story. And I have something to say. Okay. In my opinion, Rob is the only guy ever to be on any reality TV show where the prize is money to not win the money and be able to still say, I got something better than a million dollars. Of these shows, when they go home, they always say stuff like, what I got was better than the money. I had an experience that I'll remember Mm -hmm. forever. It's like, I'm pretty sure you would never forget that million dollars. Even if you spent it, you wouldn't forget it. I watch so much reality TV. This is becoming a pet peeve of mine. (laughs) It just bothers me so bad. I'm like, just say what you're really feeling. Say that you lost. Yeah. That you're a loser. Well, you know what? I couldn't tell my boss why I was taking all this time off. So I lost my job and I didn't win. So you know what? Not worth it. Yeah, Amazing Race ruined my life. Uh-huh. My wife and I fought so much on TV. So <laughs> now my family knows our relationship isn't that great. Not worth it. <laughs> the reason why I think Rob can actually say that is A, he got his lifelong partner and his children. Mm-hmm. But he got the girl who got the million dollars. Mm-hmm. So in he the end, both. Yeah. he got both. Well, I don't know. Maybe they keep separate bank accounts. <laughs> She's stingy with it. Who knows? <laughs> Well, if you can't win the money, marry the money. (laughs) Now, that's a good motto for anybody going on Survivor. I want them to take that advice. (laughs) That's right. Your plan A is, of course, to win. If you don't feel like you're in a spot to win, dig. flirt as hard as you can (laughs) with the front runner. Okay, so this reminds me of the mermaid effect and how I met your mother. And I want to know how real this is on the islands of Fiji for Survivor contestants. The mermaid effect in How I Met Your Mother would be, um, they theorize that pirates being on ship with only other gross pirates would be looking out in their telescopes and that they would just see walruses, walruses, walruses. But then after being on the sea for so long, they just are driven crazy and they're looking in their telescopes and soon the walruses become mermaids. You know, things that are ugly become pretty because it's all you got. And I'm just wondering, when people are on the beach, is there like a mermaid effect with these people? These people who they would never find attractive, but then they've been out there for so long, it's their only option. And all of a sudden they're attracted to this person they weren't attracted to. I just wonder how often that happens or if the attraction was there from day one. I wonder how much we get that as a viewer even. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, definitely as a viewer, I get a big time. 
Yeah, I, like I just watching tonight's episode, like I was looking at Drew, like he was looking like a snack. <laughs> we got a lot of underwear shots of Drew today and mermaid effect big time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> After the title sequence is the Dakuwaka Beach. It's morning time. Jake reacted the opposite of how we thought he was going to react. He sure did. He's not feeling good and playing Survivor. He's feeling sad. He got screwed by the apple cart, whatever that means. I looked it up. What does that mean? It was a real saying. Katura was questioning if it was or not. Mm-hmm. Um, per Google, it means to boil carefully laid plans, as in, now don't upset the apple cart by revealing where we're going. Ah, somebody's got to upset the apple cart for the re-before, mm-hmm. is what he says here. Katura, of course, is now willing to work with Jake. She goes and sits by him and says, yeah, let's do something. Uh-huh. You know, it's three to, three on four. Why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're in the minority. Now's the time. Yeah, let's do it. We don't have the numbers to do anything. Let's put something together. <laughs> Crazy. I was honestly on the edge of my seat when Katura said that she wanted to share her story. I've been dying to hear her story. Mm-hmm. Especially after last week with those letters from home, she alluded mm-hmm. to like a, a tough upbringing. So I was just like super impatient and excited to hear her story. And I was honestly shocked by her childhood. She has an incredible life story. Yes, she does. Like, and I mean it in the sense of just astounding stuff mm-hmm. happened to her as a kid and she's reacted to it and worked through over and around the obstacles in her life in a miraculous way. So when she was in fifth grade, her parents took her out of school. They said, we're going to homeschool you now because we're doing this new religion um, and that's what they want us to do. Come to find out this religion is now a pretty serious cult. So she is taken from school, but then her mom has to go back to work and they never put Katura back in school. And she's like that all the way until she's 13. And when she's 13, she's told that she's going to be the new wife of their cult leader. And finally, something just snaps inside of Katura's mom's head. Something's not right. So they pack all of their belongings into two garbage bags and they run away. And then they just act like everything's normal and they put Katura back in school as if she hasn't missed years and years of formal education. It just clicks in her head that her life is, it's going to be hard work. She's gay, she's black, and she's a woman. And her life is going to be tough. And she just decides at age 14, I'm going to become a lawyer. And she sees that through. My favorite quote from her whole life story is when she says, it's not a sad story. It's a story of redemption and resilience. That made me just chills. Like, To not be so bitter about such a crazy story, be bitter that your parents got you into that mess, just to turn it around to be this like inspirational story, crazy. Good for her. Yeah, super inspirational. I I feel like everybody has hard things that they go through, right? I don't go through stuff like that. That's not just a wild thing. That's a pretty unique, tough experience to go through. And uh, yeah, the way she responded to it and fought through it and the place she's at now is pretty incredible. Truly. I hate to be the the downer after that story, but I did write in my notes, 
If only those things had made her a better survivor player. Oh my gosh, that is ruthless. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just gosh. couldn't help myself. Katara, if you're listening, so. I don't know this guy. <laughs> so, so frustrated. Oh man. We'll see. Because the last episode we talked about how, you know, this episode was going to be a hinge point, mm-hmm. right? Of if the Reba 4 are willing to turn on each other, that opens up the door. And makes the move that they made voting out Bruce a good move. Right. The tough thing about this is that this episode was just chaos. Mm -hmm. And so we still really don't know how good of a move this was to Keturah. I think that her chances of being in the final three are really high. As a goat, though. I don't think she's got very high chance of winning. Exactly right. I think it's too too late. But like I said, still a very good episode for Keturah. After Katura's story, a boat pulls up, everybody's in the shelter, a whole bunch of whining ensues that there's a boat pulling up. Yeah. The whole premise of this show is that they're just, you know, stranded on a deserted island by themselves. It's supposed to be like, you know, like Lost, or that movie with Tom mm-hmm. Hanks. Castaway. Castaway. I was spacing the name on it for a second. It's like, man, can you imagine having that attitude if you're stranded on an island and a boat pulls up, <laughs> and you're just like, oh my gosh, I just laid down. <laughs> you're not getting rescued. Uh, I've never, this is par for the course for this whole season. For like every challenge uh-huh. they show up to, they're like, oh my gosh, Jeff, what are you doing to us? Like, heaven forbid you put in a little bit of effort for this million dollars. I'm a little cranky today. <laughs> I love it. It's making for really savage commentary. That's right. The boat pulls up. He hands off a bag with some rocks in it and a little note that Jake reads. It's a journey. One person will get on the boat and go off on a journey where they must make a decision, it says. If multiple people want to go on the journey, they will draw rocks. And whoever gets the green rock goes on the boat. Everybody wants to go on the journey, it seems. And apparently Emily didn't, but she just wanted to fit in. So she said she would. (laughs) They draw rocks and sure enough, Emily gets the green rock. She seems like the only person who would have been bummed. Yeah. She shows visible stress about Mm -hmm. going. And Drew's like, oh, what? Do you not want to go? Like, I'll take your spot. Yeah. In her talking head as she's getting on the boat, she says, of course I got the green rock. Nothing ever goes my way. Like, uh, everybody wanted that. (laughs) You're the luckiest one. But she gets on on the boat and she heads out. That makes everybody nervous because obviously Emily just made a big move. And now she has this chance to go get an advantage. Julie is particularly worried about Emily getting an advantage because Emily is now a big target. She says her resume is getting even bigger. The career counselor in me wanted to let Julie know that that's not necessarily a good thing. A big resume. You want to keep it down to one page. All right. If you're listing too many things on your resume, that can get cluttery and the hiring manager will just (laughs) reject it without even reading it. Anyway. That's for a different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Julie doesn't seem to understand that, but maybe she's making the font smaller. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, this is where we get a couple of great analogies by Drew. Yeah. He says that Julie is holding on to the idol that she got from Austin like it's the ring and she's Gollum. I'm here to say I want to see that footage. 
I want to hear and see the conversation between Austin and Julie when he's saying, I'd like my idol back. And she says, no. And that somehow everything is just like totally fine between them and there's no anger and no animosity, no nothing. I'd like to see that. I think this is 100% Austin's fault. When he dropped it in her bag, mm-hmm. you, you've you got to make the expectations very clear. I'm giving this to you for tonight. Uh-huh. As soon as you get back from tribal, hand it right back to yes. me. Yes. And then when she says yes, you put it in her bag. And out of fear of it all going south, you give her the weaker idol, which is can be played up until six and you keep the one that can be played up until five yeah i didn't even think about that austin is falling apart i just can't believe that everything is so cool between the two of them when that's like a crazy thing that julie just is like i'm keeping it yeah drew relates it to the the night before obviously they're all laying on the beach looking at the stars talking about they all made a pact to go to final four together Uh uh-huh and then he, he kind of makes an analogy of like, you go out drinking with your buddies, you're all drunk and, and you're just like, man, we're the best friends any of us have ever had. We love each other so much. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, I don't even like those guys that much. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great analogy because that seems to be where Drew's at with his re-before alliance. He is finally ready to move finally. on. And during that talking head, he has his word of the day. What's his word of the day? I must have missed it. He says bonhomie. Bonhomie? Mm-hmm. How do you spell that? B-O-N-H-O-M-I-E. And it means cheerful, friendliness, geniality. Bonhomie. An example of using it in a sentence would be he exuded good humor and bonhomie. Just say homies. We're homies. <laughs> It's the origin of the word homie. (laughs) It has Latin roots. (laughs) I'm finding it hard to believe that Drew wasn't ever one of the boys. All right. He's throwing out the origin of the word homies. He's one of the original boys. Also, this made it clear to me that everybody knows about Austin's other idol. Mm -hmm. All this time we were thinking he kept his other idol a secret. But no, um, it seems like everybody, at least in the Reba Alliance, knows that he has another idol. Yeah. D goes and talks to Julie and Julie kind of makes her aware that Drew is being a little sus about things, about her idol. I can't believe she has the gall to call it her idol. It's crazy it's to wild, me. wild, yeah. But she says, you know, she's telling D, D's her number one. D also has a number one in Austin. D is in a great spot. She really is. She's like in the perfect spot. Mm-hmm. She's got both Julie and Austin who will for whatever reason, bring her to final three. Yep, we'll do anything to get her there. They'll do anything for her, sacrifice their own games for her, as we will see. Uh Dee has got some sort of brainwashing mind powers. She's just making people bend to her will. I mean, it's again, it's the unstoppable force versus the movable movable objects in this Dee-Julie relationship. We go over to the journey. Emily is a ball of nerves. (laughs) But she reflects on her time in the game, on her long journey. She's gone through like a boot camp for emotional IQ. Uh-huh. She's come out the other side softer. Right. Better people person. She says that she learned softness and how to talk to people, and that will extend out of Survivor. And I like that, but just to be clear, back to my other point, that is not better than a million dollars. I would rather be an a-hole and have a million dollars. Honestly, I'd rather that for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> She pulls up and 
she pulls up to the challenge. <laughs> she walks up. Skirt! She hikes. <laughs> and uh, there, waiting for her, is the rope and, like, hoop challenge. I don't know what to even call this. The puzzle. It's the Savvy Challenge from Sweat and Savvy on the very first episode that was unsolvable. All four people who were in that, that uh, little challenge failed. None mm-hmm. of them could figure it out. And it says right there, four tried and failed. You can choose to try and do this within the time frame of the sand hourglass. If you do, you're safe. Gives gives her immunity. Right. Just straight up. If she fails, she loses her vote at tribal council. Before she even decided what to do, I wrote down in my notes, I know immediately that she is going to do this and win immunity. That's why they're showing all these conversations about how Emily has to go. I pressed play on my TV and she says, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) She says, it's too much to risk. Too much to risk. I can't lose my vote. She crunched the numbers. As I was watching at my TV, I wanted to pull up Michael Scott and just say, Emily, could you you just crunch those numbers again? (laughs) Maybe just crunch them. I, this was a huge mistake for Emily, obviously. I agree, yeah. We honestly have not seen this in a super long time where somebody doesn't take an advantage or a beware advantage or take a risk like this. And I think she could have done this one. I understand that the puzzles and the time crunch is panicky and gets mm-hmm. in your head. But as somebody, a fellow panicker, I think this is a good one to do because it's a physical challenge um, that doesn't involve physical strength, but... I guess what I'm trying to say is you're not trying to do mental math in your head as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. This one, you don't have to look at it and panic because you can just start moving stuff. And Mm -hmm. you move your hands, that doesn't work, you move it in a different way. It still looks really hard. I mean, I don't think she would have gotten it, to be honest. No, not with that attitude. Well, I (laughs) I was just confused at why they pulled out an old thing from earlier in the season. Like, can't we just get some new puzzles? Honestly. I was curious, is Survivor having like supply chain issues? Well, we've already discussed that the budget is down, obviously. Yeah, they couldn't afford an, one extra puzzle. Uh-huh. I wonder if they paid a lot of money to get that puzzle design. Like it's like some fancy French puzzle designer who made it and <laughs> the show paid a fortune for it. Jacques Jean. It. Yeah. That's I the be- guy's name. I bet Jacques Jean, Jean Franc, <laughs> he was probably demanding a meeting with Jeff after this, after she didn't do it. And he was like, you told me my puzzle would be in the show. What happened? Nobody do my puzzle. And <laughs> that was more Italian. <laughs> let me let me try and do that in a better French accent. Wee <laughs> <A> wee. <laughs> I can't get the Italian out of my head now. Mm-hmm. For those who are just listening, she was doing this with her fingers. And I think you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> the Italian hand the Italian motion. hand motion, yeah. She chooses not to do it. She goes back. She crunches the numbers once and decides her vote is more valuable than being safe mm-hmm. at tribal council. <laughs> We're back at the Dakawaka Beach. Everybody is scheming. Scheming and practicing making fire, which they never show unless it's like the final four or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I liked seeing this, that this is on people's minds. They're practicing making fire. You kind of see that actually all episode. As the queen yourself of thinking things are foreshadowing others right looking for clues about the future Mm -hmm. what did you think about katura complaining about fire making challenge at four instead of voting people out at four so i did think at first this is foreshadowing for something Mm -hmm. 
But then Jake says, oh, looks like the boat's back. And then I realized, no, this is just their segue into back at the beach. Here are the castaways left on the beach. And now they recognize the boat is back, transition to Emily coming home. So I don't know that that's actually going to play into something. But I think there's a really good chance that they get rid of the fire making challenge at the end. And oh. it's a it's a vote at the final four. I would love that. Three. I would love that. Just keep it on keep it on the back yes. of your mind. I would like to say I like the fire making challenge, but I would like to see them get caught on their toes. Caught on your toes. Caught off Caught guard. with their pants down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Caught off guard. That's a little more. Drew peaky. is perfectly happy with his pants down. Did you see? <laughs> you should have seen him all episode. Never wore pants once. Drew's speaking happy of, with his pants speaking, down. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Drew with his pants down, he's lining up Julie in his sights. I'm going to make a risk analogy. I know you've never played the game Risk. Mm-mm. He is transferring. Explain it to me as if I were five. He's, <laughs> he's got all his armies and he's transferring them all to his territory, bordering Julie's territory. Okay. He's he's getting ready for battle. This is how you know in Risk someone's about to fight you and they move 50 armies to Kamchatka and you're trying to hold Irkutsk. Everybody knows he's planning a move on Julie. It's coming. Katura, Jake, and Drew are talking about getting Julie out. And they say, well, maybe we could just do Emily since that won't ruffle as many feathers. Drew says to the camera, I don't want to get Emily out. I think Julie's the bigger target. And I'm just shocked that people view it that way. As a viewer, it seems so perfectly clear that Emily is a huge target and Julie is not. But it's just interesting what a skewed perspective the players can have while they're playing. Julie must be so likable behind the scenes. Uh Uh-huh. Like she just must, they must really, really love her. Mm -hmm. Honestly, strategy-wise, she's done whatever Dee's told her to do. All game long. Every single episode we've seen, she's been Dee's shadow. Even when she was operating on her own, in like when they would split from D, she would just kind of go with the flow. She right. didn't make any. She hasn't done anything independent. She just must be that likable mm-hmm. to for them to all see her as a threat. Drew, of course, he. I think he has to protect Emily because Emily is. He views her as in his pocket a little yep. bit, but Julie is D's number one. Mm-hmm. Who D is obviously has a strong connection with Austin. Mm-hmm. So Drew sees Julie as the most expendable person. Austin is talking to Drew about this plan. And it's giving Angela and Dwight. Okay? (laughs) Okay. There are so many scenes in the office where Dwight and Angela, who are, spoiler alert, coupled up, and they don't want people to know that they are talking when in a room together. And so they talk to each other with their backs facing each other while they're doing other (laughs) things. These guys were putting off those vibes. They were like not looking at each other. They were standing next to each other, but Austin was like turned to the side. They were both looking in the opposite direction. It was hilarious. I didn't even notice that. I'll come back and look. But Austin, at the end of the day, he's like, Drew, come on. Like She's my girlfriend's friend. You know, I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You don't make things so awkward. I'm already a little bit on the rocks because I overstepped and compared her to Boston Robin Amber. (laughs) And Drew's like, Moo, kiss the ring, water <laughs> out. <laughs> That's true. Perfect timing. Emily gets back. She walks back up the beach and she tells the truth to everybody. 
They all gather around to hear how her journey went. She tells them what she could have won. She tells them what she would have lost. And she says, I chose not to do it. I turned around, came back. Seems like for the most part, people believe her. Dee doesn't really. Mm-mm. And that's just because Dee had already decided beforehand that whatever Emily came back saying it was uh-huh. going to be a lie. <laughs> I've mentioned before that I would never want to say something so confident if I were a contestant on Survivor in the off chance that I was wrong. These are the talking heads that I'm talking about where Dee is like, oh, I do not believe Emily. She is lying. But she was telling the truth. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just feel like those would be the types of things I'd come home and cringe to see myself say. <laughs> yeah. You just want to turn to your family and friends who are watching the episode with you and be like, listen, she was being suspicious. <laughs> in my defense. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 100% my fault. She was a pretty shady character out there. <laughs> Emily is made aware of the hit that Julie has put on her while she was gone. She is preparing her troops. She's also transferring troops to Siberia for the big risk battle. (laughs) I hope we have a lot of risk fans. (laughs) After this, we get the immunity challenge. Let's take a quick break and then I'll give you a breakdown. With Christmas less than two months away, now is the perfect time to head over to Jancy and Co. to snag some of those great holiday deals for that special someone in your life. Macrame, embroideries, weavings, Jancy Ann Co. is here to make the perfect alliance with your holiday shopping needs. For a limited time, save 26% with code HOLIDAYMERGE at Jancy Ann Co. on Etsy and at jancyann.com. That's one word, Holiday Merge. You guys, Christmas is right around the corner. Hop on this deal before it is gone. I promise this is going to be such a unique and perfect gift. You can find the links in our show notes. It's Jancy Ann Co. on Etsy or jancyann.com. And we're back. Max, go ahead and give us a challenge breakdown for this immunity challenge. All right. For this challenge, they are attached to a rope and race to gather that rope by untangling it. When they think they have enough slack, they go through an obstacle course. Once they make it to the end, they throw sandbags at a stack of blocks. They then gather those blocks that have been knocked over and use them to solve a double-sided arched word puzzle, which spells out resourcefulness double-sided it spells out resourcefulness on both sides yep. it's also a reward challenge the reward is do-it-yourself barbecue at camp jeff hamburgers. is saying do it yourself as if it is a good attribute to these rewards <laughs> you get to also take pride in your workmanship yeah. <laughs> You know those like korean barbecue places that you can go and grill your own meat yeah and yeah i had it ruined for me by a particularly negative friend who okay. I went with. We're cooking the meat, and he says, this sucks. I paid extra to cook this myself. Like, I, I hate this. And I'm also a terrible meat cooker. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I see his point. I Every do, time too, I go to because those, those places, places are expensive. Mm-hmm. The challenge begins. We've seen this challenge before, or mm-hmm. at least... Uh, the rope part of this challenge. Yeah. They have to untangle the rope by going up and under this, these, you know, little fence type thing. And anyway, it's a very physically taxing sure. part of the challenge. And they have to kind of eyeball it. How much rope do they think they need to be able to get through the obstacle course right. to the spot where they throw the sandbags? I think the name of the game is rope management. 
Rope management. Mm -hmm. That's most of life, to be honest. <laughs> it was kind of bugging me. A lot of people were just yanking their yope free. Their yope. <laughs> <laughs> yanking their rope free and just making a pile next to them. But then as they were going out and doing the obstacle course, it was a knot. Mm -hmm. I think Julie was the only person who had the sense to wrap it neatly in a circle, kind of like between her hand and her elbow. Mm -hmm. Julie did a good job with it. Everybody except for Drew initially almost like comically underestimates the amount uh -huh. of rope that they need. <laughs> Especially Emily took forever uh -huh. to get enough rope to where she felt confident to start going through the obstacle course. She like didn't even make it halfway through. Yeah. She, Same with Jake. Jake <laughs> went first around. and he only made it halfway. Pretty much everybody has to go back multiple times to get more rope except for Drew mm -hmm. who ironically was the first one done with the rope. Right. So he gets a huge lead. Well, Jake, isn't Jake done first? Jake is, no, because he's got to, maybe he goes out first. Maybe But right. then he has to go back. But he has to go back. Right. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But Drew gets out there. He's untying the knots to get to his sandbags at the end of the obstacle course. And, and Jeff says, Drew, out in first place. And Drew says, holy cow, I'm in the lead. <laughs> Couldn't believe that he was winning that challenge. <laughs> He gets to the, the part where he's throwing the sandbags. He knocks the puzzle pieces off. He has to be careful because he doesn't have enough rope to go chase the sandbags if he throws right. them too hard. And most of the other challengers run into this same problem. Yep. Knocks all the blocks off and they have to build this word. It really comes down to Drew and Austin. They're side by side. Austin's able to catch up because Drew... Figures out the word really quickly. So fast. So fast. He has to stack them into an arch. Right. And he's struggling with the arch mm -hmm. big time. The double-sidedness is where Austin has his downfall. Mm -hmm. Austin figures out the arch way faster than Drew does. Mm -hmm. And he spells resourcefulness correctly and does the arch and calls over Jeff like, I think I've got it. And Jeff says, it's got to be right on both sides. It's got to be right on both sides. It's got to be right on both sides. <laughs> and Austin is not getting it. He will not look at the other side of his puzzle because on one side it says resourcefulness. On the other side it says... <laughs> it was nothing intelligible. Every time Jeff said that, I felt like Austin was thinking like, okay, left and right. It has to be yeah. <laughs> the beginning and the end. Because they he was not walking right. around. No, he was not looking at the back. That's for sure. He just was staring at the word resourcefulness thinking, have I spelled it wrong my entire life? Yeah. <laughs> Drew gets it. Drew hears Jeff's yells to Austin and finally is able to get the arch um, done and he gets resourcefulness spelled right on both sides. Mm -hmm. Drew wins the immunity slash reward challenge, shocking himself. Yes. As a self-proclaimed weakling. Uh-huh. And uh, I says, knew I knew he had it in him. I've been saying he was a challenge beast since day one. <laughs> Check the tape on that. Drew says he's probably one of the smartest people who's ever played Survivor. He shows that not only is he the smartest, but he is also one of the most athletic players we've ever seen by winning that first challenge. That is true. You have been saying that. You have been saying that. He gets so excited. He punches the blocks. He punches the blocks, screams, let's go. And then does a jump kick to a wood post. And <laughs> I it literally the jump kick, dang it. Oh, you would have loved it. I it, it literally dawns on me. How have we not seen it before? This guy looks just like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Drew calls himself a goober. And I put 
Don't sell yourself short, Drew. You're the goober king. <laughs> You're not a goober. You are the goober. Capital G, Drew. <laughs> Capital G on that goober. He uh, wins the immunity, gets the necklace put around him by Jeff, and has the option of inviting someone to his little barbecue. He chooses Jake. Mm-hmm. Making up, you know. As the goober king, he would like to invite one of his subjects that he's <laughs> had a quarrel with in the past. And so he brings Jake along to, to make up for it. Of course, he did eat all of Jake's rice last time. There yeah. was a, a reward like That's this. That's right. <laughs> but he uh, gets to invite one more person and he chooses to make it Guy's Night 2.0. And uh, he brings Austin along. I actually liked that he picked the guys. It kind of evened things out. All the girls went on reward last week. Now all the boys are going on reward. Everybody's kind of on a even playing field, yeah. food and energy wise. That was the smartest thing to do in terms of not ruffling feathers. Right. Rustling feathers? <laughs> ruffling feathers. In honor of Tyson, we should start saying rustling feathers. <laughs> rustling feathers. Back at the beach, the women are having a spa day. While the boys go out and eat their homemade hamburgers, they are in the ocean doing a little bit of uh, exfoliating scrub. Yeah, so I guess a spa day is rubbing sand on your face. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out little kids love spa days. (laughs) (laughs) They're out there doing some exfoliation. It's awkward because it's pretty well known between the four of them that it's two versus two there. Emily and Katura against Dee and Julie. Obviously, those two want Julie out. The other two want Emily out. And everybody kind of knows. So there's not much to talk about other than reading the labels <laughs> on their, uh, reading the tags on their buffs. This is so funny. I have seen memes about this when it's like when you forget to bring your phone to the bathroom. So you're reading the shampoo bottle label. <laughs> that was giving off the same energy to me. <laughs> you're reading, ooh, made in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> I all I cared about was what are the buffs made of? Are those polyester? Are they spandex? Are they cotton? What are the buffs made of? And they didn't show us. They didn't tell us. You think they're gonna tell their secret recipe oh on God. TV? I had to know. That was oh, I was so bugged that they read all that like the trademark information. It's definitely not a hundred percent cotton. That's all I know. How do you know that? It's too stretchy to be 100% cotton. It's got to have some spandex. Yeah, in yeah, for yeah. sure. It's polyurethane. Is that a fabric? Uh, Yeah, or or a deathly gas is what else <laughs> sounds like it could be. <laughs> Poisonous substance. Definitely none of that in, in those buffs. I did a Google oh. search. Okay. Polyurethane is a plastic material, <laughs> which exists in various forms. Can be tailored to be either rigid or flexible. So let me tell you. All the pictures that come up are paint, and that sounds right. Oh, okay. Doesn't that sound right? Polyurethane and paint kind of seem like they go together. I just felt like it was cousins with polyester. Oh, that's where you got it from for sure. Polyester, Mm -hmm. polyurethane, and polygons. Potato, potato, potato. (laughs) Polywag, the Pokemon. (laughs) They're all related. Back at the barbecue pitmaster's cookout spot, they are devouring those hamburgers. Mm Mm-hmm. Drew is now trying to kiss up to Jake, who has been waiting for this moment for so long. Seriously. Austin and Drew, they're talking strategy Mm -hmm. with Jake. Jake is probably so happy people are ready to play Survivor. Oh, yeah. He's playing it cool, but you could tell. Uh Uh-huh. He's pumped. He says in a talking head, 
<laughs> this made me laugh. As if I couldn't love Jake anymore, he says <laughs> that he's a lawyer, but he also teaches theater to kids, and he thinks of himself as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> as an actor, I've been playing a in a supporting role as a tree for too long. <laughs> I'm tired of playing a tree. He wants to be the star mm-hmm. that he is. No, he doesn't even want to be a star, but he just would like to be in a supporting role at this point. But I will say he has been excelling in his tree role. Yeah, he has. He has been a great tree, and now he's going to blossom. <laughs> we hope. At the Barbecue Pitmasters, they are building a plan to take out Julie. Drew is really spearheading it with Jake. Austin is reluctant just because, you know, he doesn't want to ruin his future marriage. <laughs> So there, you know, it's a lot of emotions going on. He really, Austin just doesn't want to lie to D. And he has this confessional where he says, I've been planning like this for days. How am I going to tell D mm-hmm. that we have to vote out Julie? Because he knows how close those two are. And essentially what he's saying is, how am I going to tell my wife that I want to vote out her mom? <laughs> that is kind of what this conversation is. It really is. It's exactly right. So he sits down with D. And they begin this conversation. Yeah, and he is nervous. You can see the nerves. This gives me, they gave me the vibes of like a guy trying to explain to his fiance what happened at his bachelor party (laughs) without ruining the wedding. He's like, listen, Drew got the stripper. I didn't get the stripper. (laughs) It was quite, I didn't even want to be there. I was just trying to humor the guys, you know? They said I couldn't leave. They said they locked the door. (laughs) But he tells D finally. He has all that time to prepare, but it it still doesn't really come out that well. He basically just says like, the way things are going, it looks like Julie's going home. I thought he handled it great. I mean, he he shouldn't have told her, period. I don't know. I think he should have told her. I think the mistake happens in a few minutes. If if he needs to tell her, uh-huh. you tell her last second, right yeah, before tribal. That's a great idea. Before she has, it, so she has no chance to talk. Right, right. D handles it fairly well. She in the moment with Austin. Right. She doesn't overreact with Austin. She plays it pretty cool. Like obviously she's upset because right. she loves Julie, but she seems to understand if that's the way the numbers are going. That makes sense. Especially because Austin says, like, there's nothing my or your vote could do about it. Everybody is voting her. So Mm -hmm. either we vote for her and she goes home or we don't vote for her and we're on the wrong side of the numbers and she still goes home. Mm -hmm. That's when D really just lights the whole camp on fire. Seriously. She goes to Julie and says, listen, you didn't hear this from me, but they're all trying to vote you out. Uh Uh-huh. Play your idol and vote for Emily. This hurt me. Austin had Dee's back and Dee did not have Austin's back. I feel like Dee just did not think about the potential consequence of it turning back onto Austin. Yes. It was hilarious whenever Julie starts getting mad about it. Julie's pissed. Oh, yeah. And she's like, well, you know what? We need to break up Austin and Drew. And Dee's like, yeah, definitely. And she's like, so I'm going to write down Austin. And Dee's like, no, mom, please. I love him. <laughs> We're in love. Yeah. I'm only okay with splitting them up if it's Drew. <laughs> exactly. And she tells Julie straight up, he's my number one. 
Why would she face. say that to Julie? She must have she must have made a mistake She's by some, seeing that. There's some sort of love potion in the rice. <laughs> oh. She she basically begs Julie because she has just given Julie a ton of power. Mm-hmm. And now Julie's like, well, I can pick whoever I want. And she's like begging her. She's like, please don't send Austin home. And I'm just kind of thinking that's that's what you get. That's kind of your karma. You broke Austin's trust. You went against what he risked everything to tell you. And it would have been a little bit of poetic justice if mm-hmm. Austin had gone home. Mm-hmm. This was tough. The only person I wanted to go home, the only person I was okay with going home was Julie this episode. Yeah. This whole plan is wild to me because Julie has this look in her eye, right? After details this, she's sitting on the, you know, the shelter shelter bamboo. She's there with Jake and Emily and she's like, you guys feeling good? Who do you guys want to get out? Just her eyes wide open, uh-huh. like dinner plates. They're just, you, you want to get me, don't you? That's what she was thinking. Yeah. But she puts out Austin's name. Before she says, because I tell you what, I'm voting for one of you two tonight, unless <laughs> you put a name out there. <laughs> unless you want to go with Austin. Uh-huh. Let's get Austin out. They're not buying it. So stupid of Julie. Why would Julie do that? She's she's unhinged. She is. She couldn't control her emotions. She was so mad to hear that her tribe, that her alliance was going for her. But that was so stupid because talk about a big resume Pulling off a idle blindside is huge when nobody expects it. Mm-hmm. The fireworks at Tribal and the clout that you get for playing an idol right is amazing. But the second she did that, she planted all this doubt that like, oh, I know what you guys are doing. So then all of a sudden you playing your idol is not all that spectacular because then they have time to rethink. Ah, it seems like she's on to us. Should we just switch the vote? Should we do something else? Yeah. This is where I have a problem with what happened. Because the plan now is for everybody to vote Julie to get Julie out. And then Dee's secret plan is to tell Julie to play her idol and let Julie vote out whoever she wants. Mm -hmm. How is this the plan? How are we not splitting votes? Thank you. Mm -hmm. This is unbelievable to me that... D and Austin don't go back to everybody and and to Drew especially and say, hey, Julie might play her idol. Yeah. She seems, obviously she's suspicious. She's throwing Austin's name out there. Me, this is D speaking. I'm D. hi. Me and Austin are going to put our votes on Emily so that all the power is not in Julie's hands in case she plays an idol. Mm-hmm. There are still four votes on Julie, two votes on Emily, and then one vote on whoever Julie votes for. Right. They're so scared of not voting with the majority uh-huh. that they're not splitting votes. Yeah, it's driving me crazy. Do they not understand that nobody cares if you're not in the majority when you're splitting votes? Right. Like that plan B is way more important than being perceived because you're still part of the plan. If you're right. if you're splitting votes, uh-huh. you're still in the majority. It's just you're smarter, right? You, you get more credit. Yes. It doesn't make, it just doesn't make any sense to me Right. why they're like, not doing that. I think if I were Jake and Katura, the two people that Julie approached and said, like, what do you guys want to do? I think those two people out of everybody should have been the most suspicious, like Julie knows what's up. Those two at least should have J- been Jake the two. Jake and Emily, yeah. Oh, it was Emily, my bad. Mm-hmm. 
those two at least should have been able to suss out, okay, we need to split this vote. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Just, we've talked about it all season, but this has been, they haven't really split a vote all season. I don't think they've split a vote all season. And it's come back to bite them multiple times, Mm -hmm. especially when Julie just got that looking, looking her eye. (laughs) Austin does say to to Drew, he says, if Julie plays her idol and things are going crazy, I will play my idol and protect myself. And D has one last chat. The unstoppable force sits down with the movable object (laughs) one more time before tribal and says, play your idol and vote for Emily. Like not asks her, Mm -hmm. tells her. Yep. And tells her, I'm going to vote for you and we're going to hate each other after this. Uh-huh. D, I don't know what kind of powers she holds. Honestly. But she just told Julie what to do. Uh-huh. Going it's to incredible. Tri- going into tribal. Who Julie j- just like resigns. Seems like it. Going into tribal, who did you think was going home? I thought Emily was going home. Me too. Unfortunately. Did you think what happened was going to happen? Yeah, I did. What did you think? I thought Emily was going home. But I thought that it was going to be because Julie was going to try and vote out Austin because of D saying that he was her number one. And then he was going to play his idol as soon as Julie played hers. Right. And they were going to, none of the votes were going to count. They were going to have to do a re-vote. And Emily would go home on the re-vote. I would have rather it happen that way, to be honest. I love when that happens. Yep. They get to tribal council. My first thought was Bruce looks fresh. Yeah, I got to love it when a guy who's bald comes on to Survivor and then their hair kind of grows back mm-hmm. and then they reshave their head. They always look super nice. Right. He trimmed his beard down too, yep. to like a goatee. Mm-hmm. Looked good. It's becoming more and more of a trend of men not shaving their beards when they get into the jury. There's something to be said about that. I do think it's a little bit jarring whenever people come to the jury and they look completely different. Mm-hmm. Men completely are clean shaven girls who you haven't seen wearing makeup are wearing a lot of makeup if i were on survivor and i got voted out i would go for a soft launch my first time into the to, into to tribal yeah yeah so i i normally wear a lot of makeup but everybody's only seen me without makeup so i'm just gonna do a few coats of mascara maybe some under eye concealer that's it mm. then the next day i come maybe i'll put a little blush on the next day after that bronzer and blush Mm. You slowly work your way up to it. So it's not like a big like, bam! Same thing with a guy. Haven't you seen the videos of dads who shave their beards and their kids are scared of them? That's why you don't shave completely. You just leave a little bit of of fuzz there. Fuzz? Scruff. Yeah, fuzz is an insulting term, but... You leave a little bit of scruff. And if you want to go clean shaven, that's fine. But work your way to it a few episodes after being in the jury. I can't grow facial hair that well. So I think I'd have to ease into it by just washing one body part at a time. Oh, God. That first tribal, (laughs) I'd be, you know, my feet would be clean. I'd have nice clean feet. I'd be wearing some sandals, showing them off. (laughs) And then, you know, I I wash my shoulders, (laughs) wear a tank top, show those off a little bit, and work my way up. (laughs) Drew is explaining because Jake had just said that he feels like it gets harder as the game goes on because you have these developed relationships with everybody. Drew says, on the flip side, it actually I feel like it gets easier to vote people off as the game goes on. And Julie agrees with him. She's pissed. Uh-huh. She's been mad all day. 
She's like, oh yeah, I could vote any one of you out right now. Mm-hmm. If you even look at me the wrong way, so help me. <laughs> That's right. I'll vote all of you off. She uh, she thinks it's way easier. She's like an angry dog on Dee's leash at this point. Now that she's been the target all day, she understands that she's here to play. She doesn't have to feel bad. Nobody's feeling bad about voting her out. Mm-hmm. So why should she feel bad about voting others? Right. They're all just kind of like talking about how much they love each other and how bon deep their relation, yeah, the bon homie stuff, and blah, blah, blah. I just want to see somebody get stabbed in the back. Yeah, come on. Okay. I want some hurt. We want the drama. I want some hurt feelings. <laughs> All I could think of this whole tribal was Emily should have risked her vote. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Her vote means her vote, virtually nothing. It was just about to say that. Her vote did nothing this tribal council, but an idol. Would have changed everything. Would have changed everything. Yep. So they all go to vote. Katura has a great quote. She says, if this doesn't work, I blame Austin and his stupid emotional heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. For one of all, probably the first time in Survivor history, it shows literally every single person's vote except for Julie's. Built the suspense. Mm-hmm, it did. Because we knew it was all going to be up to Julie. Right. One vote was going to send somebody home. Unless Austin plays his idol. Mm-hmm. Austin has the chance to play his idol. Julie plays hers. Mm-hmm. Everybody had voted for her. And she deflects them. She blocks them all with her idol. As soon as she says she's going to play the idol, Austin has such a sad look. And it kind of looks like he might cry for a second. And you can kind of see him coming to terms with what must have happened back on the beach. D went behind my back. and She must not care about me the way I care about her. It was kind of sad, honestly. We'll see how they talk about it afterward. As the the chance to go south but yeah i think they'll work it out i think he'll understand it seems like he's he was putting her, himself in her shoes and was understanding it was going to be really tough for her right. to keep that secret from d and i thought austin better play his idol too or he's going home i thought for sure julie was going to vote for him really yep jeff reads the final vote oh. everybody knows it's julie's vote it's emily I was so crushed. Caleb was crushed. Everybody. Yeah. The jury was crushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emily goes home. Austin did not play his idol and risked his life. I don't think he realized how close he was to going home. Right. No, he must not have known. Dee saved his life with... I mean, she, she saved it, but she's also the one who... She pushed him off the cliff. Yeah. And then flew down and caught him right before he hit the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> One of the sadder tribals because Emily is so great. Mm, definitely. I'd love to see her come back. I would love to watch her play. She's again. definitely been the fan favorite. Yeah. An, a complete unexpected fan favorite. Mm-hmm. We can get to the voting stats. There are not that many people left. D has one vote on her. Drew has two votes on him. Jake has seven votes on him. And for the first time in a while... Jake is beat out on numbers of votes by Julie with nine votes on her. Ooh. Two people still remain voteless. Katura and Austin. Let's get to best move and worst move. I think you you had worst move. Yes, I did. This is hard because Emily had a lot of things that she did wrong in this episode, in my opinion. But I think it all goes back to where she exposed her cards and showed that she single-handedly controlled Bruce into not playing his idol so they could make him feel safe and get him out. That's what, in the end, 
why they think she is such a threat mm -hmm, and why they want to get her out. Let's hear your best move. Best move. I have a couple of questions. This was a tough episode to find the best move because I do feel like there were a lot of missteps. Definitely. You could argue maybe it was Austin risking it and not playing his idol. I think the best move is going to be D mm -hmm. to make up for her not so great move of telling Julie mm -hmm. her ability to control Julie. Yeah. And keep her from voting out. Austin, the only other person willing to take her to final three. Right. And D kept both Julie and Austin mm -hmm. in the game, flushed an idol, which is a little bit of a bummer because, you know, she, that was probably an idol that could have been played for her in the future. Right. D being able to control Julie, I think, is my best move. I would agree. Absolutely incredible. You ready to get to the mailbag? Let's get to it. Okay. Is it too late for the Reba tribe to turn on each other? This first one is from... Madison from Texas, she says, I'm honestly so torn about this question. During this episode, I kept thinking that I wanted Emily to make a move and bring Mama J on their side and get either D or Austin out because we know they aren't going to be turning on each other, at least not anytime soon. But now I think Emily's decision was the right one because Bruce was such a wild card and wasn't loyal to anyone that it probably scared her to try and work with him. So I think that as long as they pull in either Mama J or Drew onto their side to target either D or Austin, they'll be able to take down the Reba Alliance. I want Mama J to switch so badly and make some moves, but we'll see. Such a good episode. Thank you, Madison. Quinn from Rancho Cucamonga says, I think I agree with Sam on this one. Next episode is critical for taking down the Reba Alliance. Not just for those not in it, but for people like Mama J or Drew who need to make a big move if they want a shot at the million dollars. Benny from Utah says, On one hand, I totally respect that their alliance has made it this far. But on the other hand, I'm so ready for them to turn on each other. And by that, I mean it's time for Drew and Austin to turn on D and Mama J because we all know that they are the real alliances within the alliance. Mm. Thank you, Benny. Micah in Belgium says, when to flip really depends on where you stand in the alliance. Someone like Austin or D would probably be in a winnable position just by riding the Reba 4 to the end. Then if one of them gets out the other, I think they could just use that move to win just by taking out the other one. I think it's more likely that D would move on Austin because I don't think that Austin has the killer instinct here. He mentioned in his intro interviews that he would be open to finding his Amber. Not sure if Austin watched the end of that season, but the dude ended up losing to Amber and had to marry her to get the money. D is playing to win. I feel like Julie and Drew are in a different spot because they don't seem to be getting as much of the credit Slash, I don't think people like them as much, especially Drew. It seems like he's the mastermind, but then he has these instances where he treats people like crap, like yeah. Jake. People are going to choose to vote for the other Reba members before they vote for Drew to win. If you play the villain, you have to make sure people feel good about voting you. Yeah. Thank you, Micah. Truman from Utah says, I just listened to the part about Drew and Jake's argument and legit... I think I agree with everything you guys say. Drew got so offended that someone as low as Jake dare strategize against him. 
Plus, Katura's got the foresight of a baby bat. Where does she think things are headed for her? Thank you, Truman. Once again, coming in with the wise words. <laughs> Great responses this week. I've got a new question. I want to know what you guys think about fire making to get to three. You can mail your responses in to at the Merge Feast pod at gmail.com. It is hyperlinked in the description, so you can click it and it will just open email right up. You can also message us on one of our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And all of those accounts are also linked in the show notes. Overall, to recap this episode, I was a little disappointed in Austin. Yeah, he did get soft. I mean, honestly, I liked I liked watching Austin this episode as a lover, but as a player. <laughs> as a player, n- not so great. Yeah. He made some questionable decisions. The showman's portion of this episode really carried it through. It softened the blow of Emily going home, but it's hard to like feel pumped up about an episode when the person you like goes home. It really is. Like, I want to like this episode, and I love the scramble that happened before Tribal Council, but man, I'm just bummed. Especially when the couple that you want to like, they're the reason the person you liked went home. Yeah. Well, honestly, I'm so excited to see the fallout of this Tribal Council next week. Me too. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs>